KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday. Trent Condon, myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you on Des Moines Sports Station. After all, 1460 KXNO on the BMW of Des Moines guest list slated to join us here today. It's Thursday. Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star, is going to be in his regular spot. 1025, we're going to put Sip up early today. Uh, they get into Big Ten play, uh, plays. The Huskers head to Illinois to take on the, would you say, improved? Would you go that far? Mm, not yet? Not quite there. Okay, not quite there yet. Well, uh, so we'll talk Big Ten West, etc. with Sip, and we'll do that at 1025. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. His 45-unit play uh, hit again, Trent. I mean, his plays that he's giving to his clients, um, he's off to a terrific start. We'll see if he can keep going. He'll join us. We'll throw out uh, some of the games and then find out which game is going to be his marquee game. That's 1045-ish. Big 12 conversation with Pete Mundo. I'm convinced this is, if not the best overall top-to-bottom conference in college football. Some would disagree and instantly put the SEC there, and I get that at the top. It's outstanding. Big 12's not bad either. Uh, we'll talk Big 12 with Pete Mundo and then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Uh, even though it's a bye week, good for Iowa. Um, they sent their coordinators out there mm-hmm. yesterday. Parker and Brian Ferentz both met with the assembled media. Didn't have to. Team is off this week. But you know what? You have to feed the beast. And that's the media who then in turn feeds the beast, <laughs> uh, which is which is great. I, I don't know why all schools don't do it. I mean, what is preventing them from doing it? Um, either laziness, ineptitude, or just don't care. I think those are kind of the three factors that you look at isn't there. Isn't it funny which school has kind of taken the bow by the horns in this one? Yeah, they, they, they've done a much better job Way than what better. we've seen in the past no question. over in Iowa City. My favorite part is I was reading through the transcripts yesterday afternoon was the question was thrown out, Oliver Martin playing two yeah, snaps. That was great, wasn't it? And Brian Ferentz was to do a with little it. testy. You know, as we speculated, Trent, maybe he's just getting beaten out. Yeah. You know, if you're going to put him on the field, you got to take somebody off the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so far so good uh, with that receiving core. Look, I don't expect that to last. I think the talent is there, and it's going to be a heck of a fight to see who gets those reps in that playing time. But, you know, that's good for a program. Mm-hmm. That's really good for a program. So Scott Dockerman slides on here uh, about 11.35 as we take you up until noon on a Thursday. Cyclone Fanatic Show airs tonight at 6, and then you're double dipping there. You're being called in to pinch hit <laughs> on Hawkeye Nation show? Yes. Oh, well, you're getting a lot of airtime. <laughs> that I am. Andrew Downs uh, asked me to sit in, so I'll be out there with Joe Schmelka. John Miller stops by always in that opening segment. Rob Howe will be there. I know they get a lot of past Hawkeyes that jump on the show. So from 7 till 8 tonight, it will be the Hawkeye Nation radio show. Out of the front row, and it's steak night. And Schmalka told me he's going to buy me a steak, so I'm well, pumped up for should. that. Well, he should. Absolutely. Uh, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. Oh, so I'm Clay sure does a great a... job out there. Does he? Clay and Brian yeah. and everybody at the front row. Right next to Willis, right? Right across yes, the street, yeah. just south of the Willis Auto. Uh, just, yeah, south of the Willis Auto Campus. One of our high school football sponsors, the Rookie Sports Cars, and they got memorabilia. Mm-hmm. That's also in that complex oh, there. Oh, I didn't know that. They used to be over, was it Apple Valley Shopping Center mm-hmm. over 8th Street in West Des Moines? And, there was a bunch of places there that got moved as they, I think they built a, 
it was like a small grocery store or something there. Mm. So with that, a bunch of places and a couple of them all moved. There's a clock place over there too. I think it's Windsor Clock, something like that. Really cool little complex, like I you must said. Have right to by get Willis. out more. Well, <laughs> it's it's not in your backyard. It's not in your basement. Maybe most importantly, so not going to happen for you. Uh, no, but the Cubs happen and the Cardinals happen in the afternoon. Cards. The beat goes on. Trent. Another one. Yesterday's. They take two or three out of Washington and really solidify themselves uh, at the top of that division. They were in good shape, obviously, to begin with. Mm-hmm. But now it's on, right? I mean, I know that it's football and we're all crazed about it. But these next two weekends. You have to find some time, at least to begin with, to watch Cardinals and the Cubs as they go at each other seven times in the final ten games of the regular season. Well, and it gets started tonight, and with that, you got football tonight. Mm-hmm. We know your affinity for football, regardless mm-hmm. of the product that's put out there at times, yeah. and especially Thursday night football, as we're more than likely going to see tonight. And that AFC South rivalry, mm-hmm. Jacksonville, Isn't it the Tennessee. worst. Of, I mean, of the eight divisions, if you could. If you're, you know, you can only watch seven divisions. No, oh, yeah. I mean, not clearly, right? Yes. The AFC South is kind of like an, it's, I don't want to say an afterthought, but it, it is. The NFC South, the Saints have yeah, the Saints rejuvenated things before Breeze, though. Yeah, Carolina would... played in the Super Bowl in 15. Tampa did. Tampa did, yes. Tampa won a Super Bowl. Yeah, against Oakland. Against Oakland with uh, John Gruden. Um, yeah, but it's clearly the AFC South. So, but to, to your question, where I think you were going is yes, I will find. The good news is the Cubs card start at six. Oh yeah, I saw it's that. on Fox. Oh, okay, that's the reason. Right. I, I it's knew there had to be a reason. TV yep. tonight. So I don't know if that means well, Buck can't be two places, right? So um, I don't know who will do the game on Fox, but uh, maybe we will, Brenneman. Maybe Brenneman. By the way, Marty Brenneman last night they put him in the broadcast. Yeah, uh, I thought that was really good that they did that. I mean, forty six years, Trent, mm-hmm. calling the Cincinnati Reds. Forty six years doing anything is remarkable uh, and a heck of a career. And um, you know, he's passed it on to his son. Uh, passed it on to his son. His love for the game and uh, Marty Brenneman, one of those voices that is going to go quiet, not be silenced, go quiet at the end of the season. So John Lester last. Last night was better. He's okay. He was okay, which is a huge improvement for what we've seen a lot of mm-hmm. times out of him. Okay is a step forward from what he was. But he got the oh, it was his top of the six. He put the first two runners mm-hmm. on, and you know we're in a pennant race here. We're, yep. we're in a fight for playoffs, and Madden and, and Lester wasn't pleased. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It was the right thing to do. And look at Phelps when he came in. Yeah, you know, Phelps is quietly. I don't remember him as because you know where he came from, right? The Blow Jays. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think that I would know about this kid, right? Um, but I really didn't know too much about him. He's come in. He's done a nice job. Chatwood strikes out the side last night in the 7th or 8th. 8th, I think. Um, but, yeah. Suarez hits his 48th homer of the year. Trent, did you see this coming? Oh, nobody could envision anything right. like this. And I knew he had a lot of homers. I didn't realize. What was his career high up until this? Oh, Do you know? 20-something? 25, probably. Maybe he got to 30. I wouldn't think so. He's 28. This is prime time for four guys. So if but, you're doing a baseball fantasy draft back in March and it's, you know, you don't have a third I mean, where would he have gone? 12th round in a, in a 10 team draft probably. 48 yeah. bombs. And seemingly, I don't know how much how many of those have been against the Cubs but you can't find a series, Trent where they where he's not been a Cubs killer so far this year. He had 34 last year. Did he have that many? Yeah, he did. Well, I'm surprised by that Numbers, you know, the batting average isn't awful for a guy with that much pop. Mm-hmm. You think, well, is this one of those guys that hits two forty three? Well, it's usually. In fact, I uh, believe during the broadcast last night, he singled um, middle of the game last night, and I think that was his first hit 
That was his first plate appearance where A, it didn't leave the ballpark, or B, didn't strike out. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of a feast or famine type absolutely. of guy, right? But your point, 48 home runs, and who saw this coming out of him? 48 home runs, 21 doubles. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Exit velocity. Yeah, he got it. No doubt about it. Castellanos, you see him add to his double total. Boy, he was dead to rights. (laughs) He got lucky. He was out by 10 feet. I don't know how. I have no idea how he beat the tag or or avoided the tag. He didn't beat the tag, avoided the tag somehow. But look, at the end of the day, the uh, Cubs fall to the Reds and... Here we go, four of them against their uh, against their rival in Wrigley, and they'll see each other at the end of the regular season next week. Cubs get three out of four. We have got to. something. Have to. If not, you can't intense. split. No, no. You have to sweep, actually. But to your point, if you get three out of four, you you're... You cut two down, you're one back. Yeah, you're still gasping for air. But, yeah, if you split and it's... Uh... You know, and it goes your the other way. Washington, or Milwaukee, I guess. And the Cardinals take three out of four Ooh. here. I mean, not only are you not going to catch them in the Central... Right, you're not going to make the wild card. That's true. Boy, I hope there's some. I hope there's something that comes into play, a tiebreaker that we get on Monday, a week from yeah. a week from this Monday. That makes that just. You know what it does? It just sets it off on the right foot, right? Because you're all excited. At least a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like when we talk baseball, but we do. Um, it just sets the uh, the 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 hunt for October. Just kind of lights that match a little bit. Lights the fuse. I just love it. Well, I, I remember now. In the previous, me growing up in the 80s, we didn't hardly ever see one-game playoffs because there's two yeah, divisions in each right. league, and, and there were two spots to get in, and mm-hmm. that has changed with the expansion of the playoff, which is good. My first real playoff memory, one-game playoff memory, was 1995 Mariners-Angels. It was like a late afternoon game. I remember getting home from school and watching Who it. scored the winning one? Was that uh, was that the um, the time the, the Mariners won the game? Right? And is, was it Tino Martinez? Nah, I don't know. It was the know. year that the Mariners won that game. They went on to play the Yankees in the ALCS. That I want to say that right, season. Probably. Jay Buhner, Edgar Martinez, mm-hmm. Tino Martinez, a really good team. Of course, Randy Johnson in the bullpen there. But I remember vividly that game. Just the King Dome. Packed to the gills. A baseball at the Kingdom. Oh, My only yeah. ball I ever caught was at the Kingdom. Oh, really? Yep. A guy by the name of Ken Phelps. Oh, remember he, that name? He hit, I was probably, what year would it have been? Maybe 80, 81, somewhere around there. Okay. I was out right, out and right, and it came right to me, and there was nobody around me. I didn't have to move, and I tracked it the whole way. I still somewhere have the ball. I you still, do? Somewhere, yeah. yeah. It's packed away. I've, I've, I mean, it's, it's moved around the country a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the King. Saw a football game there. I think that was my, was it my first NFL game. Now, how far from Winnipeg to Seattle? Oh God, I flew. I was just, I was in Vancouver on vacation. And okay, drove down. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it's a long way because yeah, it'd like be from Minneapolis to Seattle. Is that twenty hours? It has to be close, right? Something like that. Yeah, it has to be close. But yeah, Seattle's beautiful. I love Seattle. Um, I'm looking right here. It was Randy was Johnson it? against Mark Langston. Was, oh, was the how about that? There. Lefty, lefty. Yes, and uh, four in the seventh. I think there was a throw. They're trying to throw it a third. Went into the bullpen, remember. something like that. But that was 1995. Now it seems like we get one of these every other year. But Thankfully. there's a lot more spots to get in the playoffs. they got to play off four to get there. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, no Rizzo, clearly. Uh, no Javier Baez. They're mm-hmm. shorthanded. Boy, Nico Horner's been a story, hasn't he? Yes, he What has. an unbelievable uh, debut for him. And, um, you know, I, I guess he's probably ticketed for second base uh, mm-hmm. next year. Addison Russell's still not playing. No, he was yeah. concussed. He's been on the um, the IL now for 
seemingly he should be back. I guess is where I'm going. Yeah, but I don't. I, I it's guess a it's concussion. It's, you never it, know. It's a right. brain injury. Right. As I learned with Justin Morneau and Corey Koski yeah. before it as a Twins fan. Corey Koski of Winnipegger and a D-Mac of Boone. Yes, absolutely. Joe Maurer having to move from back behind the plate. It is a brain injury. Mm-hmm. And these kind of things are, are big impacts. You just never know. It could be a couple days and a guy's back out there. It could be months before a guy is back out there. You just really never know. And back to the Morneau one, how innocuous that looked. He took a knee to the helmet, sliding into second base and looked like, eh. He just got dinged. He's fine. For all intents and purposes, he mm. went from an MVP level guy yeah. to, to the a guy booth. that yeah that he hung around for a little bit, yeah. played in Colorado his last season, but he was not even close to that MVP guy that we saw. And they were tracking in the right direction. Yeah. Those two. M&M this wasn't boys. a beanball. This wasn't a ninety-five no, mile an hour uh-uh. beanball to the right. helmet. This was a knee to the head, sliding into a base. Basically, ended his career. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, Addison. Well, doesn't look. Wouldn't go back and look, and hey, he'd be fine. Just don't know. Uh, since we're talking baseball, did you see the moment at Fenway Park yesterday? Oh, how good! What wasn't the, you know? I looked this. I looked this up because I wanted to see Carl Yastrzemski won the Triple Crown in in, in 1967. That's not what I was looking up. How much do you think he made that year? In 1967, he won the Triple Crown. He hit 44 home runs, drove in a buck 20, and hit I don't know 320, 330, something like that. He's the Triple Crown winner, and the first time in a long time that it had been done. And in 1967, the game's best player was making $67,000. You're high. I mean, you're not high. You're, you're <laughs> <laughs> um, too high. Too high. Okay. Okay. Right. 50 grand. 50 grand. 50 grand. Where did he, do you know where he sat? Average salary uh, I then? I don't. I don't. That's a great question. I don't know where he would have been. What's, what was the average salary back then? But just think about that. A triple crown, 44, a buck 20, and 326 batting average. And he's making, he's pulling down 50 grand. The uh, minimum salary in 1967, $6,000. Isn't that crazy? The average salary, $19,000. So he was, he was getting star money back he in the day. absolutely was. He was breaking the bank. Unbelievable. 50 grand for those. But the moment itself. And you know, I don't know, where, where did the Red Sox and... and Yaz Senior, Yaz Hall of Famer, where did they get crossed up? Do you know? Because apparently it's a strained relationship. Oh, really? Between one of their best players that ever wore the uniform, mm-hmm. and he did so for over 20 years, and that's the only one he ever wore. Uh, number eight for the Red Sox. I mean, that was the only team he played for. Mm-hmm. But they got crossed up, and apparently there's, um, I don't know if it's the the current ownership or whatever, but man, that night, uh, that, that moment last night, I mean, grandson and grandpa mm-hmm. coming out there. And you know what I noticed too about Yaz when he when he when he threw the ceremonial first pitch, he didn't walk across the mound. He walked back. I mean, this is a baseball player, right? Yeah. He knows. He knew not to. You know, don't go forward because that's where you know, don't want to mess anything up because that's where the pitcher's going to plant foot's going to land. Right. He walked backwards off the mound and around to meet his grandson as he was coming out from his crouch. Even all these yes, years later, right. just knowing yeah. how to play the game and how to do it right, uh, love to see that. It, it was a great moment and those kind of moments that, you know, think about my grandpas and things mm-hmm. like that. And my grandpa Con and my grandpa Dean, these, these were, my parents are not sports fans. My my grandpas are the ones that made me sports fans. My grandpa on my mom's side was the one I've told you as a Cleveland Indians, <laughs> right. a Cleveland Browns fan. Yeah. And I still like the Browns because of that. He passed away 
right before the first of the two back-to-back AFC Championship games against your Broncos in the 80s. So Those would have killed him if he wouldn't have. Yeah, absolutely. I, they, those ones were definite stingers. So I have a soft spot in my heart. My, my grandpa Conan, big baseball guy, listening to the Minnesota Twins, going to church on Saturday, mm-hmm. going to Mass and making the 20-minute drive to Riceville, have the Twins game on, listen to the Hawkeye games. He was the one that I always told you hated Zobel because he never, quote, knew what the hell was going on with Zobel. <laughs> That's why we always listen to WMT, and we were Ron Gonder family ah, because okay. of that. So when I moved here to all the Zobel love, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it at WHO because we didn't listen to WHO. We listened to WHO all the time, mm-hmm. except for Iowa games. That's football. What, then we went a different direction. Yeah, so, I'm glad I got to know Zobel a little bit. I mean, he, you know, he didn't know who I was. I was Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing I wasn't the only Buddy. But we would have him on and just, you know, he was, by then, the, 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 his body wasn't the same. His movements, he was slowing down a little mm-hmm. bit. But he would open his mouth and Jim Zobel would come out. Yeah. I mean, just amazing. The brain was still completely uh, working, properly functioning. But yeah, it was. Um, that was one of the highlights of being here. Was just you know meeting Zobel, honestly. And one of just the highlight, legend. highlights last night of baseball was certainly Yaz. Yeah, no doubt, it was great. And a guy that persevered. I mean, young Yaz, guy's twenty eight, twenty nine years old. Mm-hmm. He toiled in the minor leagues for a very long time, has got his opportunity. He's played well for the Giants, too. Oh, he's hit 20-something home yeah. runs, is he not? And uh, playing decent field. And Yeah, you're right. It's not like he was an overnight sensation. Right. It took him a while, but boy, thank God he did so because the Giants were at Fenway Park were for yeah. one of the few times on the schedule at some point during the year. All right, I'll just spend a couple of minutes on this. We'll get it into Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal, Starley Sterling still this hour. Uh, we're going to talk Big 12 with Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. You know, real quick on Heartland College Sports. Mm-hmm. This website's really taking off. Oh, absolutely. Uh, good for them. Yes. They do it. They've got they put a ton of effort into that. Recruiting wise, they're doing a lot there. Yeah. They they are hitting every angle. And it makes sense. You know, the Big Twelve seems in completely undervalued and just mm-hmm. a, not just the national landscape, By the but way, even did you regionally. See basketball schedule came out. Now. Oh yeah. You got your You're ESPN gonna, well, Plus I, ready? N- well, no. You tell me when I'm gonna get it ready because okay. it's gonna be up. So here's my question. This sure. can sound really stupid, right? And um, should I ask you off air because I hate showing my age. So how do I get a remote for this? How the hell am I going to find this? Okay. What we're going to do is you are going to cast it from your tablet there onto your television. We're going to get this little So I'm going to beam this from my iPad into my TV. Onto your TV. Now, the problem is going to be you're not going to be able to flip around. So, But you're going to do this basically exclusively for Iowa State games, right? Right. No, absolutely. There'll be other Big 12 games that you like to see. And And I want to watch Peyton Manning's special, I guess. Yeah, so you'll be able to get that with Uh ESPN+. Plus. So once I'm there, I have to stay there? Yes, that's well, that the problem. Blows. Now, you can bounce around and click on your tablet to the other channels they have there, or you take your regular remote, go from the input that you have, where you're casting it onto your screen, back to your direct TV, and do that. Oh, I'll this hook is going to be a problem No, no, no. I, I'm, gonna, I'm going to make this incredibly simple for you. We're going to take an afternoon. We're going to get this figured out. <laughs> right. We're going to get you locked in. Plus, now, you'll be able to watch ESPN Primetime with Boom and Deej. Great point. Yeah, that's a that's a big plus. Yes, that's a that's a massive a half uh, hour Sunday night with mm-hmm. those guys again. Mm-hmm. That's Count appointment TV. In. I'm with you. And how much is it a month? It's not really Five bucks. Ex- is that what it is? Four ninety nine. Yeah. yeah, but um, four. This Iowa is State the future, right? Games. Yeah, it is. This is the future. Is yes. that what you're saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Get used to this, You'll old s- man. There, there will still be yes. There will still be television as you know it, satellite as you know it. That will still be a component, but the streaming <laughs> element. It's becoming bigger and bigger. I, know. I I was reading an article last week when we were kind of going through all the DirecTV versus Disney, ESPN, all those things that were going on. And it was talking about 
DirecTV is not sending satellites into orbit anymore. They know their future is not an actual satellite dish. It is also streaming for them. You'll still have DirecTV as you know it, but the way you get it will not be through a satellite in the sky. Right. It'll be through your internet and the stream. So when the rain, because there's nothing worse. when you, The oh, only bad thing about DirecTV yes. is, the, is the weather, right? And, and the price. So we'll, well, the, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, I if if I'm on the internet, that shouldn't affect my getting a picture, correct? Correct. So there will be an upgrade for you. There's one. That's one on the right hand side of the ledger. Here is pros and cons. You got to have fast internet. Your internet goes down, though. You will be without <sighs> television. Well, you have to have it, Trent. The Big Twelve. That's yep. the direction they're going. So, are they ahead of the curve? Is yeah. is, is is it? Are they? I mean, or is this? They're forced to do this because this is all they got. But I, at the same time, you know. Yeah, there's no choice. There's no net, there's no channel for you, but we'll put you here. And you know, ten years from now, everybody's going to be here, and you pretty can much say you're first. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair way mm-hmm. to look at it. And these Kansas, Iowa State, there's going to be some upset. Oh people. my god! And how many people are going to realize it late in the I mean, oh the, the so week many. of or the day of? I mean, that's the thing. Sometimes I think we get skewed, and we talk about oh, everybody thinks well, it's everybody that's on the internet yeah. or everybody that listens to sports talk radio on a local level, knows the topics and the things we're talking about. That is such a niche. The the, the message boards, the Twitters of the world, it is just a very small niche right, of the audience right. where you are not hitting 85 90% That's of the true. population. In our world, it's huge. But in the whole totality mm-hmm. of things, it usually isn't. And for those people that you talk about, Ken, there's going to be upset mm. people that are going to flip on their TV. Uh, not on ESPN. Well, normally Kansas, Kansas Iowa State. Kansas Iowa State on TV. It's not on ESPN or two. Fire or you. up the iPad and email Jamie Pollard and scream at him. Right? <laughs> He's going to get a bunch of those. Oh yes, he is. Oh, I mean He's every AD is wherever wherever they uh, happen to be. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. Stephen M. Simple, Lincoln Journal Star. Uh, we'll join us next. Then Lee Sterling. We've got a five-pack of games to get to with Lee, uh, including the uh, his game of the week, as we are here until noon. Trent Condon, Ken Miller. We're Miller and Condon. 22 minutes after the hour of 10 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Limited by state law. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460KXNO, with you until noon. Lee Sterling, coming up in about 15, oh, 17 minutes or so. Right now, Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star. He covers the Cornhuskers. Uh, Cornhuskers in Illinois, a Big Ten West collision, 7 o'clock on the Big Ten Network in Champaign. Sip, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty well. You have Lee Sterling on your show, right, over in Lincoln, don't you? Yeah, I was going to say, you guys, that's a treat, isn't it? He's no, he's good. He's really good. Really, yeah, he's he, and he's, he's informative. Yep. Uh, I get. I just. I've, I always feel like I get a lot out of those segments, so your listeners are lucky. No, I'm with you. I mean, he's, he's a handicapper, right? He sells his picks, and there's a bunch of guys out there that do that. Yeah, uh, he's got a little credibility more than more than the rest, I guess. Uh, Sip and that uh, that uh, a positive in, uh, going for him as well. Well, speaking of positives, uh, Nebraska did they get what they needed? Did the fan base really need this uh, uh, this win over the Huskies of Northern Illinois? They needed to take somebody to the woodshed. I kind of felt going into it, and they did just that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's a great. By the way, I think that's a great way. That's a great question. It's a great way to ask the question. 
did they get what they needed? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, and, and you know, they're, they're always separate conversations to me. I mean, most of the time they are. Did the team get what it needed and did the fans get what mm-hmm. it needed? I think in both cases it, it, they did. Um, you know, it was, I, I thought Northern – I mean, let's, let's be clear. I, I'm sure I came on your radio show before the game and portrayed it as a, a game that could be tough could be close, didn't exactly know how it would look. And, you know, they won 44-8 to eight and kept Northern Illinois out of the end zone. Um, that's, I'd say that's impressive. And, they, you know, they put up 525 yards. You know, it wasn't perfect. They had three, <laughs> they had three kicks blocked, which you don't see very often. But on the other hand, they, had, they, blocked, they blocked a punt and they kind of essentially blocked another. The punter dropped it under pressure always under pressure from the rush. So, yeah, I think by and large, you, I think Nebraska should feel really good about it. Sip, Tammy Wynette famously said, stand by your man. I think we're seeing with Maurice Washington why Scott Frost is standing by his man as he awards a, awaits his court date out in California. That guy, incredibly talented and a big player, big-time player in terms of playmaking ability, something that Nebraska offense certainly needs. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting. <laughs> Tammy Wynette, Wynette, well done. Tammy Wynette and Frost. <laughs> Frost has a song dancing through his head as Washington speeds down the sideline. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, Maurice is probably a little better this year than I thought he would be. I mean, I, I figured he'd be improved. I'd say he's, he's, it's pre- he's made a pretty significant jump, I think. Um, his speed is, is really, it's electrifying. I mean, he has that kind of speed that it's different. You know, it's different than most guys on the field. Um, I mean, it's, it's elite speed. You see it with Wandale Robinson and Maurice. Their speed's just different. And it, yes, it's, it's, it's something that really, you don't see a lot of that through the Big Ten West, by the way that sort of speed, and I think that's what Frost hopes becomes an edge, more of an edge as we go forward. Yeah, tell us about this Wandale Robinson, because he I've seen him a couple of times now, Sip, and um, you may, he makes some plays out there, and he's clearly got some speed, and he's just a, is he a true fresh or a red shirt? No, Wandale's a true freshman. Um, he, he, he arrived in the spring. He's a very much a Ballyhooed recruit. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he might have been the most Kind of anticipated recruit in that class. Is he Rondell Moore light? If you was that what they hope he becomes? Well, yeah. See, here's the thing. That's what they kind of hope. It, you know, hasn't it hasn't exactly looked like that so far. He's he. We'll see how it goes. Now, here's the thing with Wandale. He's got to continue to gain comfort in the offense. That's a lot of it. It's not that he's. I don't. I wouldn't characterize him as. You know, he's not slow to learn. He's not uncomfortable in the offense. It's just that, you know, he's a he's a he's a true freshman. It's his first year in it, and I think you'll see him make incremental gains. And in what Nebraska hopes is that they're large gains. You know, uh, he's been good so far, uh, but I think they expect more going forward. So it's Illinois this week. It's a road trip. It's a Illinois team that can run the football, though they are built a little bit different now with Peters, the Michigan transfer there at quarterback. They still stink defensively here. I mean, this one has uh, the makings of a whole lot of points peeing up. 
What have you seen as you've been unearthing the Illini this week, fresh off another loss? Well, I mean, I think it's a good matchup for Nebraska, and you guys know how that goes in college football. A lot, you know, it's not always about how teams match up, but I think a lot of times it is, and this time, I think it's just a good, I, I just regard it as a good matchup for Nebraska. Illinois is kind of suspect defensively. Now, they are they're pretty good up front, and they cause a, a lot of disruption. They have uh, a big, they have 33 tackles for loss, which is, I believe, ninth nationally. And I want to say they have 12 sacks, which is third nationally. That's, you know, that's good. All that's good. It's a good picture up front, but they're not very good in the back end. So if Nebraska feels like if they can get some semblance of protection for Adrian Martinez, they could, Adrian could put up a big passing number. I, and I think Nebraska should be able to run the ball on, on Illinois and, and put up a pretty big number, I think. And on the other hand, Illinois, you know, you all know about Reggie Corbin. I don't need to go into that too much. He has been banged up. Now, he, he looked good last week, though. He ran 18 times for 144 yards against Eastern Michigan. Now, what I saw in that game, though, that made the biggest um, impact on me was the lack of confidence by Brandon Peters. Really? You can kind of see. Yeah, you can really see his lack of confidence. I I mean, they, I get the feeling they kind of rushed him into this mm-hmm. whole thing, and he's just not – I don't think he's – I just I, – and I think what I've heard from coaches – well, I know what I've heard from coaches is that he's the kind of guy that'll put up numbers against substandard defenses, but but get flustered um, against better defenses. And I would characterize Nebraska as a, a pretty good defense right now. Sip, any chances? I mean, Ohio State's uh, next up on the schedule in Lincoln. Illinois is the team that you know everybody thinks is going to trail the the, the West, and I think that's accurate. So, what about the look ahead factor with Ohio State next week? Any fear of that? Well, I mean, that's been brought up here. I mean, what also gets brought up here a lot is Nebraska's lost eight straight road games. Right. Mm. Frost hasn't won a road game, right? Yeah, he hasn't. Right. Right. So, I mean, I get the conversation. But, man, I mean, Nebraska's lost a lot of games in recent years. I just don't – I kind of get kind of – I'm a little cynical maybe about it. Like, really, Nebraska would be overlooking anybody right yeah, now. It's sort point. of silly to me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I hope they're not. My God. I mean, it would really – I just don't I – I don't understand that, um, why Nebraska in the shape it's been in would overlook Illinois. I, no, I don't think they will. Um, I get it, though. I get your question. I'm not, I'm not disparaging the question because Ohio State does loom, and that's – that's big, but eh, I, don't, I, I don't think that's a major factor. We've uh, seen, obviously, Nebraska fans all throughout the years, going back to the Big 8, Big 12 days, the way that they travel. When they go to Chicago, they show up in a big way at Northwestern. How are they going to make their way over to another Memorial Stadium over in Champaign-Urbana this weekend? Plenty of tickets available, as we've seen with the Illini games the last few years. They'll travel. I, I, I don't have a great feel other than I don't have a great feel for this particular instance. I just have a, a big picture feel that Nebraska fans always, always travel. Um, so there'll be people there. Now this isn't, I mean, I think, I don't know, sort of goes without saying, but it's not 
a really fun destination spot to no. go to a game. <laughs> that that town sucks. I mean, <laughs> right? It, it, it's not. It's not. You know. I mean, Iowa City is a, is a great atmosphere. I think it's a great atmosphere. There's. I don't have to go through them all. Nebraskans love to go to Northwestern. They love to go to Chicago, but Champaign, Minneapolis feels like a yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like a world away, kind of, it from does. Chicago. Um, so now I, there'll be people there, though. But I bet, I bet the atmosphere is uh, trends towards dead. Mm-hmm. I'll get you out of here on this sip. Just uh, give us your thoughts, Big Ten West, if if you would. Uh, Iowa had a nice win over uh, Iowa State this past weekend. The Cyhawk goes their way. Northwestern, I, mean, I don't think they found themselves yet. Obviously, a huge one uh, in Madison with Michigan and Wisconsin uh, colliding. Uh, Minnesota, I think they're kind of a fluke three and zero. But you could say, on the other hand, uh, that Minnesota usually loses those games in previous years. Your take on the Big Ten West? Well, I, I feel like, the, and I just haven't seen, I'm not going to, it'd be disingenuous for me to say I've watched a lot. I have, and I read a lot. I try to get a good feel. The prevailing wisdom seems to be that Wisconsin and Iowa have kind of emerged as the teams to beat in the league. I would not count Nebraska out. I, 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 I mean, I look at the schedule. The schedule's pretty manageable. Um, uh, now, Northwestern, I, I don't, I just, I just don't think offensively they're going to be in a position mm-hmm. to challenge again. I mean, they, I just don't see it. And Minnesota has been a, to me, I get what you're saying, Kenny, they pulled those games out, but their offensive line has been I, uh, yeah. one of the major disappointments yep. of the big 10 West. I think no doubt. Um, they're just not getting it done up front and they look slow on defense to me. I mean, they, they, when I turn on a Minnesota game, I'm sort of struck by the lack of speed on that defense so I don't I just don't think they can do it so I kind of count out Minnesota and Northwestern I put Nebraska and Purdue I TCU rushed for 336 right. on Purdue right Nebraska will put a big number up against Purdue rushing wise and and so by Iowa and Wisconsin Purdue's not equipped right now so I would say Wisconsin Iowa but I wouldn't count out Nebraska I'd put Nebraska on the second tier but I would put Nebraska at the at the front of the second tier behind those behind Wisconsin and Iowa. Very fair, Stephen M. Sipple. Appreciate you or your candor as always, and we will do so. Uh, oh, I'll reconvene a week from today. Some music for you, Sip. Stand by All right. Hey. <laughs> nice. <laughs> as we serenade Stephen M. Sipple off the show for another week. Thank you, buddy. Good to talk to you. <laughs> Good to see you, Stephen M. Sipple, Lincoln Journal star, and his uh, weekly spot during the football season, and with the mayor over there, probably more so. A little more basketball. basketball too. Now, where did you dig this one up? I I don't know how. You never know how a question's going to pop into your head, and yeah. for whatever reason, they I want to ask by your man. I want to ask about Maurice Washington, and Tammy Wynette popped into my hand. <laughs> head stand by your man. Now let her take us to break. Here's Tammy Millerkin Condon, fourteen sixty KXNO. Three hugs. Sports radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO. 
1046 on a Thursday. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we'll talk to Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic as we take you up until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. It's his weekly segment. He joins us each and every Thursday. He's Lee Sterling as we get inside the world of sports wagering on the game of football. Lee, Trent and Ken, hey, before we get into the games, Lee, uh, by the congratulations, your clients... Uh, 3-0 and with your big plays of the year. You're yep. off on the right foot, no doubt about that. Yeah, you you got to work hard. I mean, need some luck also. The first week, we hit every break go against us, I think, on the, the bad beat segment uh, on ESPN after the Monday night game. I had four of the five. <laughs> but uh, we we went 10-2 and two last week, and not one of the – Wins was even close, so we we I said seen something in a spring game. Very few handicappers will go to spring games, and I mean, probably eight out of nine, nine out of ten times, I don't see a whole lot. But I went to the Central Florida spring game, and, and I'm sitting there, you know, watching the game, and and everyone's you know, you know, thinking that you know they're going to get one of these two different quarterbacks. It's it's going to be the guy that's going to be the one that leads him, and, and I'm seeing something different. Everyone's talking about Brandon Wimbush. You know, they're talking about uh, Daryl Mack, the guy that filled in last year when uh, Mackenzie Milton went down. And I'm watching, I'm saying, I like this number 11, Dylan Gabriel. I'd never heard of him. You know, I don't really follow recruiting that much around the country. And I'm looking up Hawaii. That's where he's from. Now the new cradle of quarterbacks. Did some research on my phone. Finally, went to same high school as Tua, and I just fell in love with the guy. And I just felt that they were going to take apart Stanford last week, having to travel cross country after getting injured. They lost two offensive line starters, two linebackers. I mean, it was thirty-eight to seven and a half. That game, it should have been fifty-five to seven and a half. Mm. You love yep. those laughers. Well, let's mm-hmm. get into this yep. week's slate of games. and Maybe the marquee game of the weekly. Um, you've got another big one coming up that certainly moves the needle in, uh, in Big Ten country. But let's start with Georgia and Notre Dame. Playoff implications abound. Georgia uh, between the hedges, and they are a two-touchdown favorite. Georgia and Notre Dame, how do you see it? Yeah, big line. And, and I thought this line was going to open up 10, 10 and a half. But I think people are buying into Georgia, buying into the SEC. But... I still have some questions about Georgia. Their passing game, they lost their top five receivers from last year, and that passing game just does not pass the eye test right now. Notre Dame, I think, got lucky. They played a very improved Louisville team. This is not the 111 team we saw last year. They got some speed. They got some skilled players, a quarterback, a running back, and even a receiver. And I think it will help Notre Dame also. What helps Notre Dame is they played against Clemson last year in the semifinal. And I think... Sometimes when you lose, you gain in the long run. I think it makes these teams like Notre Dame work harder. I mean, they don't have many guys you're going to see picked in the top 10 or 15 of the first round, but Ian Book is a solid quarterback, six touchdowns, no interceptions. And, you know, I just think this kid is not going to make that many mistakes. And Georgia, yeah, they won 20 to 19 two years ago in South Bend. And Notre Dame may not return the favor, but 14 points, forget about it. I'm taking the two touchdowns, Georgia. 34-27. Up next, it's one of the uh, most fun rivalry trophies out there. It's the Iron Skillet on the line. TCU from the Big 12 against SMU. Now, this was a different, certainly, conversation back in the Southwest Conference days as the TCU uh, team yeah. has and program has elevated throughout the years with Patterson. Nine and a half the number here. TCU after a dominating road victory at Purdue. I don't know, something 
smells a little fishy with this line at nine and a half. I think so, too. And, and the line is rising here, and it will. I'm watching both. I mean, obviously, TCU has the better players. They've got the better defense. But what we're finding out in college football, if you've got a really good quarterback, he can really cover up for a lot of weaknesses. And Shane Bouchel is playing really well right now, the former Texas transfer. I'm looking at both TCU quarterbacks. I wasn't impressed last week. I think TCU won because of their defense. He took advantage of facing a freshman quarterback last week, and you know they just they just shut him down. So they won 34-13, but the offense didn't look very good. So I, I just think the big advantage here is that quarterback for SMU, and uh, I just think Sonny Dyke's doing a nice job here with this team. Um, you know, Purdue just was not a very good test, and just not buying into the frog passing game here. So uh, Dugan and, and Delton might get better, but 8 for 24 last week, and you win 34-13, something's wrong. I think TCU wins this game here, 27-24, but I'm taking SMU in the points. Uh, 11 o'clock Central yeah. Time in Madison, Wisconsin hosts Michigan. Wisconsin has yet to give up a point. I haven't played the uh, toughest schedule out there. Michigan kind of underachieving so far. The Army uh, scare uh, was something we'll talk about for a while. But uh, anyways, we get to this game, and Wisconsin is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Michigan. What do, what do you guys think? How many losses does Jim Harbaugh need to, mm. to have this year where there's a chance? Good, Well, better than 50% chance he's fired. Well, certainly the last game of the regular season in the Big Ten. Well, eight and four. <laughs> yeah, but if he wins every game except for that, eight and four. Yeah, if maybe four. He's only got two so. years left okay. on the contract too. That's the interesting component yeah. here. Why he yeah. didn't date that contract extension year one or year two? Mm. Yeah, he's yeah. paying for it now. Yeah, I think the heat's on, and Wisconsin would seem like the play here. Michigan is obviously overrated again. Army had a chance to beat them. And last year, people will bring this up. Okay, Wisconsin's got revenge for the 38-13 loss last year in Ann Arbor. But if you watch the game, Big Blue had the ball for 37 of the 60 minutes. They ran for 320 yards and averaged 6.7 yards per carry. I think Taylor is great. I think he maybe is the best running back in college football this year. But when they were forced to throw last year, they were 7 for 20. And I'm just not buying into Jack Cohn. I just don't know if he's the guy. I, I need to see it first before I start backing Bucky in big games here. And Wisconsin played not two bad teams, two awful teams. South Florida this is the worst team I've seen they've, they've had maybe in at least 15 to 20 years. Central Michigan is a bottom five team in the country here. I think Michigan starts putting that offense together on Saturday. I like Michigan. Wrong team's favorite, 26-20. Go to the Big 12 after the Big 10, a big one in both conferences. Oklahoma State, Sanders, the redshirt freshman quarterbacks look good. You know they can run it with Hubbard. They've been good there. The defense, well, it's still a Gundy defense. They're not exactly good on that side of the ball. It's Texas here. The environment's going to be different than what we saw two weeks ago with LSU. Oklahoma State historically has played well against the Longhorns. This is one I got circled. I'm really interested to see where you're going, Lee. Texas at home against Okie State. Well, it, I, I think I think people are going to be pumped up. I, it's obviously not going to be LSU, but uh, people are going to be ready to go. People feel that, that Texas is turning the corner. I mean, uh, you, you watch it and see what 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 happened in that game. Uh, you know, the defense that let them down. Their defensive back. So. That, that's what Texas has to shore up to get to the next level. So 
Oklahoma State's going to score some points. You got to think they're going to score at least 30, 35, 38 points here. But their defense, I mean, only two takeaways in three games. And look at the teams they played Oregon State, McNeese State, an FCS team, and Tulsa. They were lucky to cover that game. And in the Oregon State game, they gave up 36 points here. I think the Texas D is more battle tested here. I think they're going to shut down the run and make Oklahoma State have to throw the ball. Probably three out of four downs. They've allowed just three yards per carry this year. It's the third road game in four weeks for the Cowboys. And Texas looking for revenge for last year's 38-35 loss in Stillwater. Sam Erlinger was not 100% for that game. He had missed the game before he played, but he was not anywhere near he is right now. Give me Texas by two touchdowns, 48-34. Longhorns in that one. We finish up with our five-pack of picks with Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports with the Chiefs and the Ravens. What a great game this could be. We'll see uh, maybe how real Baltimore is and how good or bad that Kansas City defense is. Should be a great one, the number six and a half. Yeah, this is the game that everyone's waiting for. I mean, Mahomes is obviously, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL right now, in my opinion. And then uh, Jackson, he might be in the top three or four right now. His passing is so much improved. Last year, Played to a 27-24 game that Kansas City won in overtime. I just can't buy into this this run defense. You know, this run defense for the Chiefs ranked 27th in the league last year. Doesn't look any better. Their cornerbacks aren't much better here. Marquise Brown, who comes over from Oklahoma in the draft, uh, I think he's a deep ball threat here. And I think, you know, Baltimore has the better defense here. Six and a half points, they're begging you to play Kansas City. I'm taking Baltimore. I think the Kansas City wins this game here, probably 41-37, but I think Baltimore's taking this game right down to the wire again. Mm, keeps it close. Well, your game of the week is a Big Ten tilt. East versus West, Michigan State coming off that stunning loss to Arizona State. Northwestern beats, uh, well, UNLV. Um, <laughs> Sparty's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite as they go on the road. It's your game of the week. If the folks want any more information, how do they reach out to you, Lee? Well, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give them the Michigan State-Northwestern game and the Iowa state Louisiana Monroe game. Never done this on your show. I'm going to give away two free games. So I, I want to show them in these two free games. I'm going to go two and zero. Oh. They can make money with me. I've had 25 winning seasons. We went ten and two last week. The week before, eight and four. So uh, you want to come on board? You know, you can get go to the website ParamountSports.com. You can try me two weeks, just 197 dollars, and that's with coupon code Save 200. You want to get the two free games, Iowa State, Louisiana, Monroe, or Michigan State and Northwestern. Both games are on me. Just call 800-400-9741. Great stuff, Lee. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Lee Sterling uh, from Paramount Sports. I have one of his games on my slate of games that I'm going to play in our little back-and-forth contest. I have three of them that are at least on my initial list. I haven't pared down to the five that we we do for our weekly picks tomorrow, but Mm -hmm. I'm looking very close at that TCU-SMU game. Like I said to Lee, something smells about the line. TCU defense is back. Yes. Playing at a high level. SMU, nine and a half. Mm. It's a rivalry game, so I'm doing more investigating on that one. I already know I'm on Michigan. That's one of my places. Yeah, yeah. you think you said so on uh, our Mediacom show yesterday. Yes. We taped the Mediacom inside the numbers on MC22. Yeah, I like the Chiefs, Trent. I you like do? The, I like the Chiefs. I'm not, just not sure. I mean, Baltimore's beaten up on Miami and Cincinnati. Yeah. All right? Chiefs at least got a little bit of a test. I, I think the Chiefs, 
Might be an annuity. I'm going to just ride them until they don't cover one week. I like that idea. And so far. And the other game I'm kind of was looking at was the marquee tilt, the night, the prime timer, Notre Dame, Georgia. Boy, Georgia's got some talent. They do. It's a lot of points, though, man. Two 14, touchdowns. That's a, that's back a big door number. open. Ian Book, a late score. Thirty-one mm. twenty. Happened before. Uh, we'll come back. The eleven o'clock hours next. We'll talk Big Twelve. We're going to talk uh, Iowa with Scott Dockerman. We're here until noon. Fourteen sixty KXNO. Heart Radio app today. Build your business. At Sinorama of Urbandale, we offer customized solutions for signs, branding, marketing, and advertising. We have a full range of custom sign and graphic services to meet your needs, build your brand, and create your image. Look around and you'll see how Andy Woodley and his staff help businesses enhance visibility and get noticed. Let us work with you to understand your unique marketing goals and help you reach them. Sinorama of Urbandale, the way to grow your business. 3368 100th Street in Urbandale and online at sinorama.com. 